But we are thankful that you're here. And we have some guests with us. Amy Bilslin is here. Help me welcome Amy. That's Josiah's mom. Amen, girl. We are glad you're here. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to have her to greet you. I'm uh, just going to do the usher thing real quick. And, and uh, it's not the usher thing. I mean, no, it's a holy thing. Yes. It's a holy thing. Taking and receiving your gifts from the Lord to the Lord. Uh, is a great thing. So I, I want you to pray over the offering for us, Amy, and then I want you to greet our people, tell them what's been going on, okay? Everybody welcome Amy one more time. Amy Father, we love you, God. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to give. Lord, we don't take that for granted. All the things are from you, and Father, we give them back to you. Lord, may this offering, may you multiply it to reach many, many of the needs that are represented. God, in the church, in the community, in this family, God, help us to be obedient in our giving. God, that that it's not just the little bit that we're supposed to give or that we have to give, but above and beyond, Father. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I am Amy Bilslin. Um, my husband and S Steve and I were on staff with Pastor Ron and Melissa. We were trying to figure it out about almost 18 years ago. And yes, I am young still. So <laughs> um, the, the awesome thing is that this is our son, our oldest son, Josiah. And so how awesome it was that the Lord is doing full circle. But let me tell you just a minute about your pastors, okay? Um, one of the most incredible things uh, was that God placed us together. He has been our pastor. We both still serve full time, and I'll tell you about that in a second, but he is our pastor. He will call us. Melissa will text me or call. I, they have continually poured into us. And through a difficult season, through a, healing, a season of healing, a season of restoration, they were constant. And so let me tell you, when they say they're praying for you, they mean it. Yeah. It's not just words. And so never take that for granted. And it's so awesome for me because Chrissy was like my kid. I still call her one of my kids. So uh, it, it's so awesome to see her and Tori and all that God's doing in the lives and in the family of God here this body of believers and what God's doing at Oak Grove. So I am so excited to be here. One of the things Chrissy was saying the word activate. I'll tell you about me here in a minute, but I can't let this go. She had said the word activate, and I had stopped, and I picked up my Bible, and God had brought a verse to mind, and um, activate your faith, activate your worship, activate your prayer life, and I just want to read this really quick. Is that okay, Pastor? Um, it says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives in his name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled, that you may be filled of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power of work that is within us. You guys, 
activate. We have that opportunity. He has placed his anointing upon you if you're willing to activate. And so I could not let it go, Chrissy, I think. And then the, the message in tongues, I mean, it's like puzzle pieces. Like, I'm on fire today. So I, I won't go into, I'm not going to preach for Pastor Ron today. But I am glad to be here. My husband and I, the last 17 years, we were in Atlanta, Georgia, serving at a church there for 10 years. And we are in Macon, Georgia now. Now, serving at a church there. We're both full-time at our church. Um, Steve is still the kids pastor and it's the greatest job he could if you know him he's kind of quiet a little introverted until he gets in front of kids and he's like this whole other person transformed and so it's always fun to watch um, our kids we have and I am um, I just actually kind of switched roles I was the family life pastor and women's pastor and I am still the women's pastor but I've taken on a new role of director of church ministry so I'm actually over all the ministries within our church our main campus is the one one campus of nine campuses so we are at the main campus there and are so blessed and honored that we get to serve and we get to do it together our kids um, also Josiah is our oldest he is 21 and he will be 22 in a couple months we have our daughter Kalon who is 17 she will be 18 this year and that the saddest thing ever and then our blessing surprise Tatum she is um, she just turned 11 so Josiah and Kalon are just as calm and then there's Tatum and she is me on steroids so she keeps us fun and busy all the time but I am so excited to be here. I got to be here this week because I'm heading to Branson shortly. Uh, the, it's directors from the states for the Sons of God, and I'm the girls' ministry director for the state of Georgia. So I get to go and be a part of what God is doing nationwide as well and take that back to Georgia. So thank you for having me today. I Absolutely, it's my honor and joy to be here today. Love you, love you, love you. Powerful, powerful, powerhouse. Uh, when she was here, uh, she and Steve uh, were at Central Bible College. She was the VP at Great Southern Bank, quite the leader, quite the leader. And then Steve and I and the Boyds went together to AGTS, and now full circle, he, uh, uh, Josiah's at AGTS. Crazy, crazy. And I promised I wouldn't corrupt his theology. <laughs> but he and I, we get into these discussions. He's a deep, deep thinker, and we're glad to have him on the team. Glad to have you, Amy. We have Austin Hines and, uh, and his girl, Kylie. Just stand and wave at him, Austin. He'll be here tonight. And missionary, come on, welcome the missionary. We love missionaries. Say it. We love missionaries like crazy about missionaries. And so he'll be here tonight. One of the things I love about him, I met him uh, all over the world. He, he is uh, a peak, uh, like an MK, missionary kid who was in Africa, raised in Africa uh, on the mission field with his parents. And then he uh, now does ministry to MKs, to, to missionary kids all over the world. And so when we have these gatherings, uh, like when we went to Australia last year, he was there and his team, and they take care of all of our families that are over there working. He takes care of the kids, Quinlan and all of those guys. He takes them into all kinds of extravagant uh, things that they do, uh, excursions, whatever what I was looking for, excursions. And, uh, but they don't take me along. I got to go to the meetings. <laughs> I'm on the board. So we have board meetings. Their meeting, I'm bored. That's why they call it a more board meeting. 
Anyway, so happy. He'll be here tonight, 6 o'clock, so don't want to forget that. Other news uh, before I get into the Word of God. How many glad to be here? All right, all right. So, uh, so the Burkas are going to have their second baby, big time baby bear and little baby bear. Now we have two baby bears, and that's exciting news. So congratulations to them. And then we have this marriage retreat. You don't have to be married to go to the retreat. You may be contemplating marriage. Can I tell you? The more you can learn before you get married, the better off you will be. Just saying. So it's open to you, and that is coming up. Sign-up sheet is there. And um, so uh, the scripture, we were going we to share a scripture about giving, but you already gave. But it's okay. Can we show it anyway, Josiah? Uh, the scripture said, honor the Lord with your wealth. How many wealthy here? No hands. I see it. One, one, one spiritually well, spiritual wealth, huh, Mick? Spiritual wealth, uh, which, is, which is not just about money, right? Hey, relax. We already took up the offering. We're just studying about it here. Uh, so honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops, and then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. So you don't know about new wine, but if you had been lost and you never... Uh, tasted alcohol. How many know new wine is the best wine because it's the Holy Spirit, right? It'll put you on a high you never had in your life. And so we thank God for that. And springtime is coming, so get your tomato plants ready and then bring your first fruits to Pastor Ron. That's what that means. <laughs> Homegrown tomatoes. That's basically my interpretation of the scriptures. And so I think that's everything. Chrissy, we are so grateful that everybody's here you have your Bibles, you can help me turn in your Bibles if you would, and we're going to get down to the Word of God. Anybody excited about being here in the Word? All right. I want to introduce Kylie. Kylie was here last week. This Kylie, not that Kylie. We introduced her already. But um, Kylie Cook came to us last week with Justin Canavan. How many, how many remember Justin? Yes, of course. How can you forget him? It's like he stuck his finger in an electric socket and never got over it, you know, <laughs> full of energy. The, he makes the energy bunny look like he's depressed or something. But uh, Justin is in Japan. He just came back to itinerate. He was with us Sunday night. And, uh, and Kylie came with him because she was over at Central Assembly. And uh, she graduated from Evangel. And uh, she's going to Tokyo. Somebody praise God. We love missionaries. We love missionaries. Yeah, you get it. So... So she's already got 60% of her budget raised, and she's heading to Tokyo. But we met her last Sunday night, and after going for a hamburger or chicken at uh, Zaxby's, um, I told Justin I would treat him right. Funny. Anyway, after going to Zaxby's and talking, she said, Pastor, uh, I praise God for the, uh, the way that God blessed me at Evangel. She had found a community of believers. She got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hey, hey, if you have a call of God on your life, it's a good idea for you to get baptized with a double dose of the Holy Ghost. Absolutely. Cause, uh, and then Japan got on her heart, so she's going to Japan. But she told me after Sunday night, said, I feel like the Lord leading me to Oak Grove. And for the next three months, I'm going to come on the team, if you don't mind, help you all for whatever you need so that I can have a family to launch out from. How many would welcome her, adopt her into the Oak Grove family, huh, today? Welcome aboard, Kylie. She's already started Friday. She'll be working three days a week. You'll see her a lot. We are going to expedite her mentorship. We're going to give her everything she can possibly get in three months and then just pew, launch her to Tokyo. On the way to Tokyo. 
And so uh, enough of all of that, uh, but welcome aboard, Kylie. Let's check out the Word of God. Uh, you are ready, Josiah? And uh, your mama's judging me, you know, so i got to preach good. Your mama's here. She's taking notes. Send my love to Steve and everybody at home, and we are missing them, and I know you're going to have a good time. So I wanted to talk to you today about a guarded tongue that opens the doors of favor. You remember last week we talked about uh, um, the tongue. We talked about speaking favor. I believe in the power of your speech. I believe there's power in your words, and I want to get down to it. I don't know how far we'll go today, but however far we go. Uh, we're only in the fourth week, and so the first lesson was defined defining favor we defined favor the second lesson we kind of talked about the righteous right hand of favor God's hand of favor being on our lives the third week we spoke about um, about uh, accessing and activating activating favor you heard the word activate how I many know it takes faith to activate you got to activate so you got to get involved in the process yes God does miracles and yes he uses you to get them done Sometimes God, listen, when God wants to bless you, he uses people. When Satan wants to curse you, he uses people. We are instruments in the hands of our God. So whether you're speaking blessing or whether you're speaking cursing, you are influencing, you are leading, you are uh, actually moving in something. So our goal is that you learn how to activate and access favor. It was so awesome. Psalm 31, 19 we gave you. I've been chewing it on it all week. God's goodness is stored up for those who fear him and take refuge in him. How many know God is good? Yeah. And so God is saying, if you're having a bad week or had a bad week, God is saying, I've stored up some goodness for you. And at the appointed time, I'm going to relinquish and release the anointing of favor on your life. How many would say this morning, I could use a little bit of favor? I could use a blessing. And so, so that's where we were. And having God's hand of favor motivates me to love him even more. How many love the Lord? I love him. I love him and I want to live for him. Why? Because he first loved me, bro. He first loved me and he, and he gave himself for me. While I was yet a sinner... It wasn't because I was good. Remember last week? He didn't favor me because I was good. He favored me because he is God. And God is good. So, so we live for him, not just for how uh, he blesses us, but, but the way he provides. He is so good and how much he loves us, how much he cares for us, how much he cares for you, how much he cares for your family, how much he cares for the details in your life. Even the ones you think nobody cares, God cares. That's why James said, cast all your care upon him, for he cares for you. I'll tell you why that's important. Because Satan wants to do his number one trick is to make you think God doesn't care. And it's trickled down too. It's trickled down. So if God doesn't care, then evidently the church doesn't care either. The pastor doesn't care. Melissa doesn't care. My family doesn't care. All of a sudden, you know, everybody hates me. Nobody loves me. I think I'm going to eat some worms. I mean, oh, the devil wants you to get so down and, and disgusted and broke and busted that you think nobody cares about you. That is the environment of speaking death. And we live in a death culture. It's all around us. And I believe the church ought to be the place where we speak life. We ought to speak life. Every time we come into the room, the light bulb ought to go off and light bulbs and, and life and love should be activated when you walk in the room. So, 
So I've been waking up and whispering to my spirit man, I am favored. Come on, say it with me. I am favored. I'm favored by the Lord. It's not my fault. Don't judge me. Don't hate me because God's good to me. Don't be jealous. You could be favored too. If you activate it, if you're in the kingdom, you have all you need because everything you need is wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up with Jesus. All you got to do is activate your faith in him and you start the process of opening doors. One of the things last week we talked about obtaining favor. One of the things was wisdom. Wisdom opens up favor's door. The other thing we didn't have time to get into, we'll get into today, whatever time we have left, and that is your spoken words, your prophetic words. Your words are either pathetic or prophetic. You can choose them, and that's the hard part because it's your choice. And here's the deal. Your mouth opens up and activates what's going on inside of your heart. Your heart and your mouth are connected. There's a correlation between what's happening in your heart and what's coming out of your mouth. And Jesus said so. For out of the abundance of the heart, it's big, it's good. How many ready to get into it? So that's why Satan's always trying to convince us that God is not good and he tries to steal our confidence. But the scripture says we, we have this confidence that whatever we ask in his name believing, it shall be done. Oh, pastor, that's that name and claim it. No, it isn't. That's the word of the living God. You can have confidence. You can have faith. You can have assurance in the fact that if he saved you, he can keep you. And if he can keep you, he can favor you. You don't need a resume. All you need is Jesus. He can open doors no man can shut and shut doors no man can open. He's got your back. And so I've been just waking up saying I'm favored like a shield. His favor goes around me. Let's see if we can try the PowerPoint. Maybe that'll help. Uh, uh, the prophetic, the potency of a prophetic speech, speaking favor. Let's go to our text. Back it up to our, our text for the whole series. Psalm 512, for you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. That is a declarative statement. That's emphatic. Would you say it with me? I'll turn around. You can say it together with me. Ready? For you, O Lord will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. That is a promise. That's the promise. They say, Pastor, you keep on reading that same text. Yes, because this, although it's a topical sermon today, it's also textual because we're taking this text and talking to you about what opens favor's door, right? And favor is, is something that you should realize every day. My family is favored. If I'm favored, my family is favored. Do you feel that? Like a shield. He surrounds us. He's good to us. He's taking care of us. We're activating it like a shield. It's in his nature to favor his people. And I don't know about you, but I want God's favor activated in my life in 2024. In the weeks ahead, when I look at what's going on around the world, Max, I need his favor. I mean, when I look at, uh, like, am I, and you know, not just for me. Uh, we said this in the beginning. Favor's not just for me. Favor's for me to be applied and activated so I can pass it along in the kingdom. I'm going to activate favor here, and somebody's going to be blessed. Whoever sits on the plane next to me is going to be blessed. They may not want to talk to me for 16 hours all the way to New Zealand, right? <laughs> but they did. They had to. It's like, hey, don't sleep, don't sleep. It's not good. 
It's probably good for you to stay awake. You need Jesus, you know. Not like that, but close. So I, I, I just kept on saying it. I understand what opened door and its favor. So we said the wisdom of God opens favor's door as we seek him. And, you know, you, you, could, um, you can know what you need to know. You can understand what you don't understand if you will activate the wisdom of God. I know because I tried to find out and be smart on my own. How I many know you get in a bind when you try to do this on your own? You activate favor and wisdom, and then you get God's wisdom and God's favor that he does what you can never do on your own. He'll give you what you never would have gotten on your own. How many thinks the Holy Spirit uses us? He's already spoken to us. And so we listen, and we learn, and we discern. We get skills that we wouldn't have had. We speak truth. We wouldn't have. Tr- uh, we can have some people speak to us a lie, but the discerning power of the Holy Spirit can say, that's not, a, that's not true. That's a lie. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal So if you get the mind of God, walking in the favor and the blessing of God, you might be able to say and understand what you wouldn't ordinarily on your own and with your own cognition. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, right? Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will favor your life. He will direct your path. So there's a, a proportionate increase in favor as you advance and increase in the wisdom of the Lord. So Solomon said, in all thy getting, listen to this, because Solomon was supposed to have been the wisest man in the world, the richest and wealthiest man in the world. And so I wanted to hear what the wisest man in the world had to say. And here's what he says, c- conclusion of all the, of, the, of the books. In all thy getting, he said, get wisdom. What does that do for me as a young man looking to serve the kingdom and serve in the kingdom and serve the king? I need wisdom to serve in his kingdom. I need wisdom to go to Walmart. Help us, Lord. And so seek favor, sow favor, and most importantly, speak favor. So I want to continue with it, speaking favor. Your words that come from your mouth have power. Uh, you speak influence, and, uh, and the attitude and the direction of your life is conditioned upon the power of your words. Your words have meaning. Your words matter. Does anybody believe this? And so we're going to dig into it a little bit, how tough this is to preach. Because sometimes, I know you don't think so, you think I jump out of the bed with a flip with a suit on and speak in tongues all day. But I am human, and sometimes when I open my mouth, I insert my foot. I know you haven't, so you can take, I know you can take this message and give it to somebody who needs it. Just shovel it over to the next person. But what a decree. Look what it says. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So let's go to it uh, in the scriptures next. Uh, Proverbs 18, 20, and 21. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. So your heart is, is determining what's coming out of your mouth. And, and now your stomach is satisfied by, your, your inner being is satisfied by what, by what you're coming out of your mouth. Are you seeing that? So from the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So you love life or you love death. Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, the thief came for a purpose. Kill, steal, and destroy. Cursing. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and 
more abundant life. In other words, life on top of life, which is what I call favor. So favor is grace. Grace is unmerited favor. You don't earn it. You don't work for it. You don't pay for it. You can't afford it. But, boy, how pleasant and wonderful it is when God gives it. Amen? So, so God help us in this area. It's a process of personal purification of my mouth. Lord, help me. Somebody shout, Lord, help me. So we can speak God's uh, word. So we can be God's prophetic voice. When you walk in the room, something should change. You carry the will and the ways and the word of God inside of you. You carry the Lord inside of you. So when you show up, light shows up. Love shows up. Life shows up. Should be energy anyway. I said, I mean, it's sad to see pathetic, depressed, defeated Christians. It's sad. That's not God's will. We are the church. Come on, we are the church. We have a voice. We have the victory. I have a choice. I can get up in the morning with praises. I can get in the morning with complaints. I can get up in the morning with life. Or I can, oh, woe is me. And that's an attitude. So I want to talk about it because it's important. Death and life are in that power. And uh, it's a decree. So this is for all of us because every day we choose to speak life or speak death to ourselves or to others. I say choose life. Amen? So Jesus is the source of life. So you're an ambassador for Christ. So you're a, uh, you're a resource to the world on behalf of the Lord. You're a voice to the nations on behalf of the world. Right? The darkness of this world need light. Man, and don't they need life? I mean, it, I mean, even in the church, don't you love it when you get around people who speak life? Don't you feel it? I tell you, I, I, I worked for Convoy of Hope for a season. Many of you know that. I traveled to church to church. I could walk into the foyer of the church and tell you whether that's anointed or not. I could tell you whether they activate life. Some of them look at you like, huh, you look new. Welcome, just don't sit in my chair, honey child. You know what I mean? Nobody's going to tell you where the bathroom is. They're not going to tell you where the coffee is. They're not going to greet you like they came in and everybody else ought to be happy. They did. Yeah. I mean, no, God didn't raise you up to be arrogant. He raised you up to be anointed. So you're supposed to be a light. You're supposed to be a magnetic drawing that shows people the way of life and favor and kindness and mercy and goodness. So you're supposed to be a reflection and your words are big and the lack thereof. Well, pastor, I'm just introverted. I'm just introverted. I don't speak. Well, speak up. I'll tell you, young preachers, if you're going to preach, let me tell you four points on how you ought to preach. Stand up, speak up, shut up, and sit down. That's what you wish I would do right now. I know that's how it is. So I just want to ask you one question. I don't know how far I'll get today. But it just blesses me to have all these young people going into the kingdom. That's where I live. That's my wheelhouse. I love speaking life into them. Because if we don't build an army, how many know we're one generation away from extinction? We better get some young people in the house of the Lord. Or we're shutting the doors. And so I, I may not get very far, but I got to tell you that Jesus is the source of life. And I got to ask you, have you submitted your words to the Holy Spirit? That's the big, big million dollar question. If I don't get anywhere else today, have you submitted? So David says, uh, so let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O God, my Savior, my refuge, my rock. 
Since David understood, he must have had those moments and occasions where he too, Pastor Jess, opened his, his mouth and inserted his whole body. And James will tell you about that little tongue. He gives you a little negative kind of connotation about that tongue, that it is the most unruly member of our body. Not your hand, not your head, your tongue wrapped up way back in the back of your throat, covered by two sets of teeth and two pair of lips. We ought to get a clue, right? Okay, so, so words, wow, or the lack thereof, when you're supposed to speak, when you're not supposed to speak, that's the Holy Spirit will give us the words to speak, amen? So that's the problem. James says your, your, your tongue is out of control. Your tongue can get out of control if it's not submitted to the Holy Spirit. That's the problem. The power of it is, though, in Proverbs 18.4, we see the problem. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters, but the fountain of wisdom is a, a bubbling brook. So if you have the wisdom of God, it'll help you to say wise words, you know. And, uh, and if your personality has something to do with it, if you're like me and Amy, right, Amy? I'm just throwing you under the bus. If you're like me and Amy, you're full of life and full of energy, and you want to speak, and you want got a lot to share, and sometimes, whew, yikes. <laughs> Bring it back, Lord, rewind. But, you know, even though I might make a mistake or two, at least I tried. I'd rather try and fail than to, to succeed at not even trying and getting nothing accomplished. So let me take you to the New Testament. Uh, let's go to chapter 4 of Ephesians, bro. Uh, it's in the message. Watch the way you talk. How many like the message Bible? Not anybody, but I'm going to read it anyway. Watch the way you talk. It's just plain English. I just want to talk to you in plain English in case you think it's a, a mystery. Uh, watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. That's amazing to have to write that in the Bible. I mean, we're the people of God, but hey, he knows we're made of flesh. And I know that sometimes you've gotten angry. Maybe your emotions got away from you, and, or maybe you got anxious and you said something. And, and you know, hey, and today, I'm going to finish this. Don't worry, but I'm going to go where the Holy Spirit leads me. But, but today's young people have tried to trick me by changing words. I mean, no, that's not fair. That's not fair. So there was a word, and it used to mean this, right, Kylie? And then they changed it to, to abbreviate it and or mean something different. So now I'll say it. My girls will say, Dad, you can't say that. Say it was legal five years ago. Are you all hearing what I'm saying? And so there's, there's all these other ways to say words that we knew were bad words back in the day. So we dressed them up and put a pretty suit on them and made them a different word, but they still mean the same thing. Are you all catching it? So what we did was we changed the rules. So now I walk on eggshells, not certain what I'm saying. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it ugly? And so I've accidentally, unintentionally, said some things and got in trouble over. And how about autocorrect text? I think it's straight from hell. Straight from the pit of hell. So let's look at the problem a little longer. I think you'll enjoy it. Verse 6 says, uh, verse 6 of, of Proverbs 18 says, A fool's lips bring him strife. It's not in there, Pastor. You're going crazy looking for it. I'll tell you when there's something there. A fool's lips bring him strife, and his mouth invites a beating. 
Yeah, because we, we, we can get arrogant. Pride. How many know there's the awful sin of pride? Let's just take the word sin, for instance. Just one word. We knew what it meant. How many know we know what sin means? Missing the mark. Biblical definition of sin. James said, to he that knows to do right and does not do it, that is sin. But now we'll say, I don't know, that's kind of heavy. We don't want guests or, or people coming to church to feel heavy and guilty about their lifestyle. So let's call some sin alternate lifestyle. Dressed it up. See how that is? Ah, nice. Also, I'm not really a sinner. I'm just having difficulty. It's still sin. I mean, I'll call it what it is. It's sin. You can dress it up. You can put a tuxedo on a pig. It's still a pig. So that's what they did with the words. I'm not blaming the generation. But as it evolved, our words evolved. So Satan knows if you can get a generation to change the word, then they ultimately they're going to alter the word. Are you seeing that? So deception comes from the very beginning of time in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve were there. And Adam said, or, or, or Satan said to Eve, Hath God said? What's he's doing? He's distorting the words. This is the word of the Lord. These are words from God to us. How many believe this is the word of God? You can't alter it. You can't distort it. You can't change it. You can't change the rules. I don't care what culture you're in or what year it is. This is still the word of the Lord. And if you alter it, then you have a whole generation that doesn't know the real meaning of the original word. That's why people fight over the, over the Bible and its translations. Somebody asked me the other day, which one on the answer? Read the one you got. Whatever Bible you got, read it. We'll talk about it later, right? Don't worry about the interpretation or whatever. Just read it. I'm sure you'll get something out of it. Jesus is talking to you. Read it and, and, and weep, okay? Verse 7, a fool's mouth is undoing, is his undoing, and his lips are snare to his soul. Wow. God, let me get on the good stuff. This is heavy. Verse 8, the words of gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's innermost parts. But I love verse 10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run in and find refuge. See, blessing? And James said, Max, James said that, that salty water, right, and sweet uh, can't come out of the same fountain. Right? And so I think we live in a brackish culture. Brackish is when salt water mixes with, with fresh water. And down in Louisiana, you can have brackish water. Mr. Jerry knows that. We used to shrimp in the brackish water. You could get a little bit of shrimp in the, in the brackish water. It means, it means when the tide changed, some of the salt water came into the fresh water. So some of the fish are confused. I'm going to tie it together for you. I know there's a lot of confused Christians because they changed the rules. I, as a pastor in two generations, two different generations as the culture changes, sometimes I find myself saying, God, I need your wisdom because all the rules changed. Can you imagine the game today? Go Chiefs. Oh, I don't want to get secular on you. And all of you are praying in the spirit that the Chiefs win. I know. But imagine if they had the game today, started today, and Detroit too. I just want to make sure they get their love. But um, 
That's the two going, by the way. You can bet on it later. But here's the deal. Uh, imagine if they erased all the out-of-bounds. There's no out-of-bounds. Imagine if they said there's no rules. No need for a referee. Referee don't need, don't need you because we're just going to take the ball. Uh, which way are you going? I don't know. Whichever way, whatever end zone I get in, that's my score. I know I got it. I'm sc- I scored. No, you didn't. That's your end zone over there. You came into my end zone. You can't do that. You got to go by the rule. You got to go by the original word. You can't change up everything. How many know the family is still God ordained? Man, woman. I feel like preaching. Mm. So look at Proverbs 17, 27. A man of knowledge uses words with restraint. So sometimes uh, your words get out of hand. You got to restrain yourself. Have you ever wanted to say something to somebody you just couldn't say it, but you wanted to say it? I have felt times come on me. I knew it was the anointing of the Spirit. Like I, I just did. I, I felt like slapping an assembly of God preacher one day. I did. I really did. I said, Lord, restrain me before I lose my credentials. Because not everybody who's got credentials is saved. Hmm. That's hard to say. But verse 28 says, even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent and discerning if he holds his tongue. A fool. A fool is a person who said that uh, there is no God. A fool has said in his heart there is no God, right? And even they know when to shut up. Remember when shut up was a bad word? Now this generation says as they are astonished or excited, shut up. Shut up. So like for the old timers, they're like, Did, oh. right? Totally different meaning. They don't mean shut up. They mean, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Which, oh my gosh, and all those others, we can go down the road, but I don't want everybody to get convicted. Hmm. I feel like I'm speaking to a youth group or something here. They, 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 there you have it. Speak life and speak power. All right, so speak death and destruction. Whichever is to declare uh, your, your, your life negative. A destructive uh, word declares life's negative. It declares defeat, constantly complaining, criticizing, gossiping, cursing, speaking down to people. Yeah. Speaking down to people. And so let me just take you to, to this. Uh, let no gr- corrupt. Let's look at the King James. New King James might do better, Pastor. Uh, so let no corrupt communication or word proceed out of your mouth. So King James says corrupt communication. And there is this, this uh, connotation of the word communication that means conduct or manner of living, lifestyle. So no, let no corrupt lifestyle, but basic, basically words proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification? And look at the main part I want you to get. That's why I... Bolded it, italicized it, turned it sideways, underlined it. I want you to get it. Are you ready for it? Look at this. So this is the reason. That it may impart grace to the hearer. It's not just about you. What you say can hurt. It can hurt. Say, I didn't mean to. Too late. Too late. And let me just tell you the other side. I am sorry. 
Lupita dice, so siento, ¿sí? ¿Es eso? So siento. I am sorry. How powerful, how powerful are those words. I am sorry. Yeah, when you blow it, just, just go ahead, do the rest of us do. You know why I've been married 40 years? I have mastered the phrase, I am sorry. <laughs> I mastered it. Forgive me, baby. Because I love you. And I want to keep on living and loving it. <laughs> Woo! So it's about, it's about everybody else. Why? That it may impart grace. Grace is favor. It's unmerited favor. And so what happens is arrogance comes into our heart. And we have an emotion about it. And we start saying what we want to say. what you want to say. Preach it, preacher. We used to love that. And the harder we preach it, the more we love it. He took the gun and shot us all today. We love church today. All of us left bruised and broken and hurting. Especially, you know, when you're living right or you think you are. Everybody else is wrong. The pastor gave it to them today. Yeah, you go to lunch, you eat lunch at Mexican restaurant. Oh, I love it. Boy, pastor gave it to them today. And you know what, pastor? They deserved it, brother. And so... <laughs> it's including you. I don't know if you've ever been on the other end of broken words, hurting words. I don't know if you've ever been there. Somebody annihilated you, violated you. You can talk to children. Educators know. Educators know. You talk to children. And those parents that tell their children they're not worth nothing, guess what they act like? They act like what you spoke to them. They've become what you said they would become. What if we said? What if our language changed? What if we said to that little boy, you are God's man. God's going to use you. You have a voice of God in your life. God can take you anywhere. Whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord. Stand strong, little man. Be tough, little man. What if we said to the little girl, oh, you are beautiful. God made you beautiful. Yeah. Boy, they just start shining like princesses and walk around like, like they just light up the world, right? They light up the world. Why? Because your words have power. Your words have power. It's anointed. It's purposeful for you to speak life. Speak life. So how you doing? So how you doing? Watch how this connects Proverbs 18, okay? Because it's, it's those who love it will eat its fruit and be nourished, okay? So if you eat rotten fruit, rotten fruit will come out. If you eat good fruit, so, so Jesus said it's not, it's not what goes in, it's what comes out of a man that defiles. I don't like rotten fruit, first of all. I've been where they had rotten fruit and had to eat it. Because it's customary overseas, right? Austin, it's, you, know, you eat what they put in front of you. And you love it. But I think, if, even if I didn't say nothing, I think they could tell in Thailand last February, a year ago today, that pastor didn't enjoy the rat. <laughs> I ate it. I said nothing. They said, how is it? I said, mmm. <laughs> but the mmm didn't mean Yum. The um means I'm going to kill Jake Nichols when I get him out of this meeting. 
So that's what happened to me. I feel kind of proud now that I eat rat, you know. But it was like, now it's like a, a sport that I'll never do again. So if you eat rotten fruit, rotten fruit comes out. Your choice, your choice. Just know, my friend, that what you speak will bring a harvest. So you speak it, you have a, a tree in honor of that word. A tree of life or a tree of death. Speak it. So, so, so speak life. Enjoy the fruit. Speak death. Enjoy the result. Cursing. Cursing. So pastor's not going to get into the minutia of, you know, words that have been changed and, you know, changing your four-letter words to other four-letter words or three-letter words and, and uh, how you made your, cleaned up your vocabulary because now it's Christian jargon. And it's okay. But boy, in 2024, if we just did a little bit of an inventory on our language, what if we just did a little examination? And what if we just said, God, for a week in 2024, before the end of the month, next week, Father, do a little inventory. Watch uh, and see what's coming out. What's coming out? Let me tell you a, a, sure, a sure promise. You put this word in, how many know this word will come out? Don't put this word in. I don't know what will come out. Holy Spirit in, Holy Spirit out, right? So it's imperative that you deal with that. How are you doing? Do you have a loose tongue? Let's see if I have anything up there about a loose tongue. Um, just, just move up. Do what you want to do, bro. Go to the next slide. There's power. There it is. Whoa, there you go. Well, wow, yeah. Too much. I just couldn't give it all to you. Too many words. So right words often generate favor to those we speak. Right? So you have a choice. Next slide, buddy. Uh, you can walk in favor or folly, depending on the choice of your words. Folly is sin. It's a funny little King James word, folly. Isn't that fun? Folly. All right, next on. Here it is. So is God's favor connected to the words we speak? Well, pastor, they're just words. They're just words. I don't mean anything. I didn't mean anything. Right? I didn't really mean that. And you don't really know how it affected the person you spoke it to. You don't know the outcome of the fruit. Sometimes there's a delay in the response. Sometimes people are hurt by what you say, right? And they won't tell you and don't show it, just like the rat. I didn't want the rat, didn't like the rat. I ate the rat. <laughs> so in, here it is. Cold words freeze people. Warm words loose people. Hot words scorch people. Cool words calm people. Bitter words bite people and kind words soothe people. It matters. How many things words matter? Next slide, please. Decide to speak life for every day because you're going to be challenged to speak life to, or death to yourself and to others. Sometimes because your tongue becomes too loose and we're freely opinionated people. This is important. I want to give it to you before we leave. If you're an opinionated person, you have a tendency and the propensity, the potential to not prophesy, but to tell everybody how smart you are and how right you are and how your opinion is the opinion. And so here's a hint. If they didn't ask for it, don't give it. <laughs> but we live in a very big social, social media world and how free people are to opinion, give their opinion and demonize Right? The world right now is demonizing Christians. Media today is demonizing Christians. Right? They're giving their opinion. I mean, no, Christians are not demonized. I'm not here to demonize the church. 
I'm here to tell church, watch what you say. And to correct the church and say, hey, your opinion doesn't always matter. And if nobody asks, don't tell. If somebody asks, go ahead and give them your opinion. But they didn't ask. Don't bully yourself in there and tell them you're right and everybody else is wrong. You're not concerned about the compassion of their heart. You're only convinced that you have what's right and you want to tell them what's right. So about marriage, you don't need to come to the marriage seminar. Here, I'll give it to you. Do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? Okay, there you go. There's your seminar. So sometimes people speak <laughs> death to themselves because of falsehoods and lies that they tell. Lies. Do you know born-again people look straight at you and lie? Yeah. In this culture today, you know why they lie? Because it's their best, best, their best interests. Their best interests. So they lie to you, make you believe this, knowing good and well it's not true. It's a falsehood. I mean, no, a lie is still a lie. And God is not the father of lies. You know who the father of lies is? Satan is the father of lies. So you're acting like when you lie and false, falsely accuse and falsely tell people the lies, you're acting like your father the devil. When you speak truth, you're acting like Father God. Seeing that? You have the choice. Speak life or speak death. Am I losing it again? Well, God bless, man. God's telling you. God's telling you. He's telling him that the battery's about to die. That was, that's revelation knowledge right there to Pastor. Give it up for Pastor T. All right. Next slide. Some can create an atmosphere of death because of their silence. Could have saved their life, but they didn't say anything. So, Hey, if you know that the bridge is out and JoJo is walking by, tell JoJo the bridge is out. Just tell him the bridge is out. Because JoJo, you know, he's blind. Sometimes he can't see. And, you know, this world's been blinded by Satan. How many know Satan has blinded the eyes of the world? They're lost. They're blind. Tell them the truth. But how you speak the truth is important. Not only what you speak, but how you speak it. Not only what you speak and how you speak, but when you speak and when you don't speak. So to have silence altogether, right, uh, and not tell truth when it's important, speaking the truth in love, we should tell people, right? And so uh, back it up a little bit, Bubba. Um, thank you. And, uh, and then even their wise speech could save a life as well as their intercessory prayer. If you want to have life, I mean, oh, intercessory prayer is speaking life. Again and again, I say rejoice. Praise God. We got a new battery, fresh life, more word, more time I can preach. Longer you stay. <laughs> Taylor said, I'm coming to cut it off. Your words are done. I might have to finish it later, and it don't matter to me. I'm going to spend some time on here because I think this is very, very important. I think it's very important. So let me just do this a little bit. Uh, your praise is power. So you're going to learn how to pray. You're going to learn how to use your words. And, and the best way to learn how to increase your vocabulary of your words. Remember last year I told you I wanted to teach on that this year? This is part of that. Learn how to pray for other people. Enlarge your capacity of speaking to God. Enlarge it. Okay? If all you can do when you get into the presence of the Lord is say, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. You're like stunted your growth. A child that does not continue to advance in their education and vocabulary is limited and there is something dysfunctional or wrong. Maybe they're hearing, 
right? Maybe their eyesight. Maybe there is something dysfunctional in their reading. They cannot function. So they've got to find out what is the problem. Because you should be speaking and growing in your vocabulary. But let me give you a head start in case you can't grow your, your human vocabulary. Pray in the spirit. Hey, that's a language you don't even need to learn. Just let her go. That didn't go very well, but anyway. So prophetic words could secure life for themselves and others. Words are powerful speech. Praise is power. Prayer is power. Encouraging is power. Next slide, bud. Solomon warned us about this. Even a fool is considered wise when he keeps silent. All right, next slide. Our very words hold the formidable power of life and death. Because of the power of our words possessed, we need to submit even our speech to God. And through submission, we can experience victory through the very words we speak. I want to speak life. Not, over, not only over my own soul. Because here's what happens when I speak. Faith comes by. And hearing by the word of God. So speak the word of God to me. My heart is activated. Faith is activated. I hear it. I have an emotion about it. I hide it in my heart. Then I, I have a reaction to it. I speak it out of my mouth. It goes in and it comes out. It goes in and it comes out. So what's important then is the filter that I'm hearing it through. So if I had been abused or if I had an abusive lifestyle or grown up with some issues or dysfunction of some sort, then that, so that perception has been marred. Are y'all hearing me? So I hear it, but I'm not hearing it normally because I have had a, a disposition that was abnormal. So now when I hear it, I'm having a different response than would it be a healthy response. So I need the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Spirit can take that filter and bring it and then help me bring out the real. Are you seeing that? It's important how you listen and how you respond. It's important how you talk to your kids. It's important how you speak to your spouse. I know we've all been guilty. Parents talking to children, spouses talking to their spouse back, right? Having pastor at lunch, for lunch. <laughs> we get that. Next slide. Three things to consider as we close. The words we speak on earth today will be judged by God in heaven tomorrow. I mean, no, there's a day of reckoning. There is a day of accountability. All right, so we're closing, and this is it. Uh, secondly, God's going to expose every word. It says in the last day at the Bema Seat Judgment, every idle word, every idle word, every deed and every idle word. So gold and silver and precious stones. So gold is, is, uh, is your uh, deeds. Silver is your words and precious stone. I don't know what you're trying to store up in heaven, but God has favor stored up for you if you choose life. The opposite is wood, hay, and stubble. Words are probably part of that. Okay? So, and then finally, your life reflects your words. So how you doing? How you doing? Do you have a loose tongue? Do you use it, use it freely? No reins? Are you opinionated? Fast your tongue. Take a break. You don't have to be heard all the time. Do you know that God will hold us accountable? He will. And I'm grateful to live in a country of free speech. I'm not telling you to be, you know, silenced or what they're trying to do to the pulpit today and, uh, and censor it, silence it. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, careful, little ears, what you hear, right? Speaking your opinion, uh, 
is not as important. Aaron, your opinion is not as important as their, as their response. So listen to your pastor. Watch your tongue. Watch your, watch your text. Watch your social media post. I'm trying to build a church, not kill a church. It's getting hot in here. So too often we engage our words and people disagree and we don't care. I don't care what they say. And we're not seeking conversion to God. We're not seeking compassion over their story. We're not trying to understand who they are. We just want to be right. Arrogance overrides our heart, comes out of our mouth, and our words become weapons. We weaponize. So God wants us to use our words for good. Okay, let's stand together. I think think I've done enough damage for today. Can I tell you that um, as far as gossip, could you get the facts before you open the trap? The best way to start how to operate and activate your words is through praise. Lift your hands. Come on all over the building. All over the building, we're going to go to God in praise. Yes, some of you got to bring your tongue to the altar. It's possible some of you have to bring that tongue to the altar. But let's start off with praise. Let's start off with intercessory prayer. Connie Kerbo went to be with the Lord. We lost another intercessor. But she's in the presence of her king today. Praising Jesus all around the heavens. Amen. And listen. Nothing's different between what's going on down here and what's going on up there. I mean, we can get involved in the praises of God, even though we're not in the heavenlies. Come on, let's sing it together. Let's worship the Lord. I'm going to wait on you.